Welcome to the Social Pros Podcast, the content marketing awards winner for best marketing podcast. This is where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by integrated PR software from Cision, by the easy to use farm builder FarmStack, by social audience analysis software Affinio, and by social media engagement software from Sprout Social. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined, as always, by my friend, my special Texas friend. He is the executive strategist for Salesforce.com. He is coming to you live from an undisclosed location. It is the one, the only Mr. Adam Brown. Jay, undisclosed location, but I am doing real social work as a real social professional. It's so glad, so glad to be here with you and our guests. This is going to be a great show. It is going to be a great show. By the time this show uh, actually reaches the ears of our massive listenership, which ranges in the tens of thousands uh, per month, and thank you, one and all. In fact, let me just take a, a, a quick second to say how much I do appreciate uh, our listeners. This is episode 189 of this show, and all the time, I mean, literally on a an almost daily basis. Somebody gets a hold of me uh, in person, on the phone, via email, via the social medias, and, and says how much they uh, appreciate the show. And that just means the world to me uh, and Adam as well. And people are loving Mr. Adam Brown on the show. You are uh, you are a rich addition to the tableau that is social pros, my friend. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. This is also the first episode that you will hear uh, after Halloween. Uh, what, what's your big Halloween plan, Mr. Brown? Well, uh, yeah, I have a new puppy, and the new puppy loves tennis balls. So we're going to dress up my puppy as a uh, USTA uh, ball girl. I'm going as Bjorn Borg, and um, my uh, my girlfriend is going as a yet undisclosed professional female tennis player. Uh, so that is the uh, that is the theme of this. <laughs> that is fantastic. The, the dog element is truly spectacular. We are going to require uh, a photograph of of this uh, array uh, to insert into the show notes for this episode. So uh, yes, noted. Yes, as long as we don't have to show the Bjorn Borg very short tennis shorts uh, that I'm probably no gonna no. This is going to be a uh, vertical the shot. Full body. And the yes. curly hair is is yeah. That's I can't wait. Advanced, yeah. I can't wait. I am playing it pretty close to the vest. I had a uh, a, a very complex uh, Dia de los Muertos uh, skeleton costume uh, uh, thing working, but then my wife pointed out uh, that I get off a plane from overseas like hours before Halloween. She said, do you really want to do all that and then go to this crazy Halloween party we go to every year? And, uh, and I said, no, not so much. So I am uh, I'm actually going to hand out candy uh, for the first time in i don't even know since my kids were little 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 so i i will be doing the exact opposite and uh i think i'm getting old i'm I'm flying under the radar so your fallback is to be the host with the most i'm going to live tweet halloween is going to be my uh my role <laughs> periscope snapchat uh, any, I'm, any I'm gonna i'm gonna flavor? i'm gonna maybe uh i'm gonna maybe periscope uh, that's a great idea to periscope halloween uh we should yeah. we should do that uh the problem is we kind of live outside of town 
uh, and the houses are kind of fall apart, far apart. It's sort of a semi-rural thing. And so you kind of have to trick or treat on a golf cart around here, which tends to uh, keep the, the hordes of children uh, to the bare minimum. It's basically the neighbor kid and then the other kid around the corner. So it's not like we need, you know, 27 bags of candy from Costco. You need like two pockets of candy. I'm envious. We had 450 kids last week. Holy cow. Is about fifty-five dollars worth of candy. Yeah, that's so, uh, that, that's that's about the size of my high school worth of worth of candy. That is that is something. Wow, that's an expensive proposition. It, it, it is candy budget. Things are going well at yeah. Salesforce. You got a candy budget like that. <laughs> you got to start saving, you know, in, in in December for the next year. Speaking of Salesforce, uh, a little inside baseball. I had a uh, a fun experience a couple of days ago. Was that the big Indiana Hoosiers uh, Hoosier hysteria basketball season kickoff? because uh, we're definitely not looking forward to the conclusion of football season uh, and sat down in my seats with my son and, and sat right next to uh, Scott Dorsey, uh, founder of Exact Target and former wow. uh, Salesforce uh, uh, kingpin. So it was great to catch up with Scott. It was a lot of fun. Fantastic. What shout, a out to, shout out to all the ETers out there who uh, still listen to the show. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we have, as you mentioned, a fantastic guest today. I am delighted uh, to have her on the show. And she's got a, a huge role uh, in, in social media. I mean, this is not just like one little piece of it. It is the whole show at a company called DocuSign. Caitlin Angeloff has joined us. She is head of global social strategy and operations. Caitlin, thanks so much for being on Social Pros. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. We are fan- delighted to have you. Now, tell us, and we have a, a large percentage of Amish listenership who, who are not familiar with DocuSign. So for, for that group, uh, the Amish and the Mennonites, um, tell folks out there what, what DocuSign does. Well, um, it, it's the simplest and easiest way to send and sign uh, a document. Um, we were founded on the principle of getting rid of paper Um, I'm sure most of you have all had the horrible experience of someone requesting your signature and they ask you to uh, send something back quickly and you have to print it, uh, then you have to sign it, then you have to figure out a way to scan it and then uh, email it back. Um, It just isn't a useful process. Um, And DocuSign removes all of that friction so that it's easy to send, sign, and approve documents from wherever life takes you. It sure as hell is. I am an enormous fan of of DocuSign. Use it as often as I possibly can. And I just want to tell you uh, how glad I am that, Caitlin, you and your compadres at DocuSign have almost single-handedly killed the fax machine. So thank you very much for uh, for taking one for the team in sort of a larger societal sense. That, That was great. Yeah, that company oh, that makes well, the thermal paper rolls probably yes, the best. Yes, the roll paper. Document. Yeah, they are not. They're listening to the yeah. show right now, gritting their teeth. I, I keep joking that we need to license the clip um, from Office Space, um, where they are taking the hammer to um, to the uh, was it a printer? I think it was that they beat up out there yeah. in the field. Yep. Um, yeah. I think you can I do that. that. We need to do. Uh, well, that, or we just need to recreate it and have it be the fax machine that that we're killing. Have have Adam do it. He's got like twenty five thousand dollars a year worth of Halloween candy. He can license that clip for you. It's no problem. <laughs> so you've got, as I as I mentioned, a, a large role. You're you're doing social strategy. You're doing operations. You're doing customer care. You're doing employee social media enablement. Uh, you know, you've you've got the entirety of the social media function within this organization, which is very quickly growing. Which is the, uh, I think, if I have this correctly, the the most venture capital ever raised by a company or something 
crazy like that. Um, how do you do that? How do you decide in sort of the pie chart of the number of things that you could do with any given hour? How do you decide where to apply your resources? Well, for the longest time, it was me, myself, and I, and um, I, I wasn't covering all of the bases, um, and uh, that gave me a great opportunity to build the business case to help grow the team. Um, and the way that I decide uh, how to spend my time uh, each day, because it is a finite amount of time, as you mentioned, although I wish I could buy time, <laughs> there are many days where I would just like to buy one hour. Um, I, I really focus on the business priorities and the outcomes, outcomes that we're solving for. Um, I used to work at a, a strategy consulting firm called AntiView, which was bought by PwC. Um, and, and DocuSign is squarely in stage three of the customer journey, which is all about um, operationalizing uh, social media for the company. So I, I spent a lot of time on um, empowerment and enablement. Um, and I recently helped roll out the hub and spoke model for our company. So I'd like to say the way that um, I'm managing my time is by crowdsourcing um, all of the subject matter experts across the company and um, really connecting the dots cross-functionally so that um, you know I'm I'm there to to guide and lead, um, but ultimately um, the brilliant minds that are great at customer service and support, there's seven of them in tier one, shout out to Jason and the team, um, who are helping to manage and moderate and give great customer care. Um, a shout out to uh, you know our legal team who's helping to make sure that we stay focused and um, within the guardrails and the wonderful people in our our product and innovation team um, who are helping to answer questions about where the future is going with DocuSign. It's just, it's a real team effort. Um, and, and my job each day is to um, tackle the next thing because the list is long um, yeah. and it, and it's, uh, it's a lot to do. Yeah, the list never ends, that's for sure. From a marketing from a marketing standpoint, obviously you're doing a lot more than marketing, but from a social marketing standpoint, what is what is the role of social? Is it is it demand gen sort of introducing the brand to people who aren't familiar with it? Is it sort of driving uh leads? Uh is it sort of engagement so that current customers will uh sing the praises of DocuSign to other people who might become customers down the road, sort of that ripple in the pond uh turn your customers into marketing? marketers uh, playbook, what is, what is sort of the, the rationale uh, for social media marketing within the brand? Well, I would say the team that we're most aligned with is the demand gen team, yes, but I would argue that social media has a place at every stage of the funnel. Um, so it, it can't be just, um, you know, driving leads. There is obviously the awareness. Um, and we have, we have three KPIs that we focus on. Uh, share of voice and sentiment, which is obviously a, an upper funnel play because we want to be the most talked about brand in the most favorable manner. Um, and then, you know, getting into the middle funnel and uh, obviously the, the DR play, um, you know, we, we are trying to, to get more people to try DocuSign. We, we have a 30-day free trial um, and hopefully, um, you know, people love the, the, the product so much and the service so much that they convert. Um, so a lot of case studies and examples, um, and then relying on um, our advocates to help tell the story too. I, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I 
I put that in my notes, how strong I thought your testimonial and case study program was. Uh, it's just really well done. If folks out there are thinking about, hey, how can I uh, do a better job with capturing customer uh, testimonials and turning them into marketing assets, definitely take a look at what Caitlin's done at DocuSign. It's really, really excellent. So that convergence of of social and, and content marketing. Tell us a, a little bit, Caitlin, about the blog, about the DocuSign blog and how that works uh, and, and how that sort of fits into the overall uh, ecosystem of what you're doing in social and content. Well, our blog gets about 30,000 unique visits a month, and um, it, much like you have a number of guests on your show, we have a number of guests on our blog that are subject matter experts across the company. Um, obviously, we have a larger content calendar that we map to, so, so we try to have themes to our posts. Um, but we also like to ask uh, our partners and our customers um, to be spotlights and, and guests on the blog so that we can help tell their story as well. Um, so we are, we are toggling between all three. Um, obviously, subject matter experts are the employees of the company and then partners and customers. Um, but like I said, with, with a thematic focus. One of the things that I noticed you started recently, which kind of surprises me, just given uh, what what the product is and, and how it works, is that you have dipped your toe into Snapchat. Tell us about that uh, a little bit and how that fits in and, and what the objectives are and what kind of content um, you're producing for that platform. <laughs> you noticed. Noticed. Um, well, that's great. It's one of the emerging platforms um, that, that we are folding into the mix. Um, I, I have the most amazing social media manager that we hired away from Snapchat, actually. Her name is Laurel Sue. And um, she is helping to share the stories of DocuSign, life at DocuSign, if you will, um, and, and take people on the journey with us. Um, so it you'll see everything from a day in the life of working at DocuSign to um, a day at work at DocuSign. So where do we go? Um, you know, just recently our team was at the Simply Measured uh, conference and um, we were sharing our story from there. And, and prior to that, when we were at Dreamforce, we wanted everybody to see what we were doing at Ruby Sky, our big after party after Dreamforce. And um, it actually got picked up by the San Francisco curation team. Um, and instantly overnight, we had something crazy like 20,000 views on our snap. Um, so really, it's, it's an emerging platform for us. So um, our, our hope and our intent was to prove out that we can do real-time content, um, but we are still in the experimentation phase. And um, I, think it will, I think it will serve us well both in the upper funnel um, and also from hopefully an HR standpoint. Um, we really want people to know what it's like to to work at DocuSign, and those are some of the great stories that we're sharing. Caitlin, one of the things that, that really impresses me with DocuSign is how pervasive it has become. And I'll give you a personal example. We were talking about my, uh, my puppy a little bit earlier, but I just uh, I signed her up for some obedience training by a company here in Austin called Sit Mean Sit Dog Training, which is awesome. But when they sent me the contract for dog training, and had to have me sign it, of course, they sent it to me in DocuSign. So that shows that even, even for dog and puppy training, um, you know, your, your, your technology is, is being utilized. I do know that you, know, you have 
primary industri industries that are that are important. It's those industries where there are a lot of contracts. It's real estate, it's law, it's financial, it's, it's medical. How are you using social for kind of targeted messaging to those particular industries? Are there any insights that you might want to you know, share with uh, the listeners? So uh, prior to DocuSign, I, I owned a social media advertising firm called Edmosis Media, and um, I was heavily focused on <clears throat> audience management, so it is that paid component. And at DocuSign, we fire on all cylinders. Um, we're looking at the intersection of social strategy, social content, and audience management. And the way that we target those industries, as you so beautifully explained everything from accounting and tax to financial services to healthcare to higher education to insurance to real estate to legal to life sciences and of course our our, our technology sector um, is is being incredibly thoughtful about our targeting and as you all know uh, the the platforms have fully monetized and so it's a play a pay to play game. So when we think about the content that we're pushing out there in social, we are thinking about the end audience and who we're trying to reach. And we take lists. Um, obviously, our, our customer lists um, help us know who is actually a, a customer of DocuSign. But then we use that as a basis to go out and do modeling for more people in that particular industry who might be interested in our solution. And with that, um, obviously, all of us kind of in the social industry are, are seeing the, the bigger and larger importance of, of having paid social media activities. But typically with that, you know, I like to say that there isn't a money tree outside that we all go, go grab dollars off of. <laughs> Whenever we're, when we're creating social media paid programs, that money has to come from somewhere. Where at DocuSign are you seeing those dollars come from? Is it coming from other paid activities, or are you taking money from other departments or organizations to fund those projects? And then how are you rationalizing that decision? Well, um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a Girl Scout. I go door to door, and I, I provide a, a business case as a form of cookies for people to buy <laughs> in the form of a pixel pool. Um, I, say, I love that analogy. I, <laughs> um, I would say that most of the funding is coming from the demand gen team. Um, shout out to Christine Simonini and, and Jeff Massimilo and Je uh, Jonathan Reamer. Um, they are big believers in, in paid social, and, and we've proved that it can work. Um, so they are carving dollars away from other paid media programs um, and, and investing it in paid social. Um, and in many ways, we are actually beating other media types that they've used in the past. Um, and then, obviously, you know, the web and mobile revenue team, shout out to my good friend Jeremy Post under Robin Joy's team. Um, you know, they, they have their dedicated budget that they've always had for, for acquiring new customers. And when you look at a total cost per acquisition, um, social media is a very efficient um, set of channels for, for that team. And so they actually did have budget allocated for that. Um, and then, you know, some of the, the newer uh, tests that I've been running, um, Gregor Parado, my, my boss, he's been great at... Uh, helping to fund a number of those tests, and, and we call it our, our Black Ops Fund. Um, and that has helped build the business case as we're going into our budget planning for next year. 
um, to demonstrate that it does work and um, we just need to double down on it and invest further. Do you believe that, and, and this is probably a question, Caitlin, for, for you at, at DocuSign, but also for the, the industry, as we see more and more of our social activities moving towards that, that paid uh, you know, section, you mentioned your KPIs being share of voice, sentiment engagement, and, and cost per engagement. Do you believe that as we start to funnel more dollars towards social for some paid, um, paid social media activities, that those KPIs are going to need to adjust and, and tweak towards more things like attribution and um, you know, and direct, you know, direct sales directions, those types of things? I think those, I mean, sales is ultimately the, the end-all, be-all. Um, and when you think about business outcomes, absolutely. There, there's no question in my mind that we'll be, we'll be looking at some form of an attribution model. But right now, cost per engagement is the most effective way to measure our paid social efforts at this point in time. And for the stage of our social media journey at DocuSign, um, as we grow and evolve as a marketing organization under the leadership of Brad Brooks, our chief marketing officer, who is former CVP of, of Microsoft, obviously um, we're getting very smart with our dashboards and connecting those dots. And I think it will just be a matter of time um, before we have a, a much larger attribution model. Um, but for now, we have the, the luxury of just using cost per engagement. Sure. I've got one more question before I hand it back to Jay for our well-deserved commercial break. And this is one of the topics, Caitlin, that we talked about at Dreamforce. And I do have to, I have to say for, for everybody listening, uh, the panel that, that Caitlin was on um, at, at Dreamforce was named one of the five highest rated panels of all the marketing cloud uh, Dreamforce panels, which, which numbered in the high hundreds. So, so kudos to, to Caitlin and her insight and her passion for, uh, for all this. But the question and the topic that we talked a little bit about, Caitlin, and you even mentioned this a little bit earlier with Jay, was this idea of, of us as social media professionals kind of moving from tactical social media to strategic social media, being less of a lever puller and more about the science of why we pull, pull these levers. Talk to me a little bit about kind of how you're seeing that, that shift at, at, at DocuSign and how science is becoming more and more of the decisions you're making, whether it's on which platforms to use, whether it's that paid versus earned or own, versus, you know, again, trying to get to the science of showing those ROIs and KPIs. Yes, the strategy is key. And, and um you know, upon my arrival at DocuSign, I, I've asked a number of questions about why are we doing something and what's the strategy behind how this came to be. Um, I, I think over time, people have forgotten. I mean, I, I, I got my roots um, in marketing uh, way back in the day doing events at Microsoft, and then I grew up uh, at Getty Images and Corbis doing integrated marketing across print, web, and email. and inherently audience marketing was the focus, right? Um, and somehow I think people lost a little bit um, of their way in conversation marketing. Um, it, it became suddenly, well, we're just trying to have a conversation with everybody. And when you think about going to a conference or a cocktail party, there are certain people in the room that I know are there that I want to go have a conversation with. 
and it, it it always baffles me when someone says, "Well, you know, I I boosted this to everybody that that follows us um, because I think that's you know it's important for them to see this." And I, I just I call that the McDonald's version of boosting something. Um, you know, I don't know that all your followers um, or fans are going to care about that one thing that it is you have to say. Um, you you talk to different people about different things, and you should always back into it from from the data. Who cares desperately about what it is you have to say? Those are the ones that you should be trying to reach. Those are the ones that are worth putting paid social behind. And that that strategy of backing into audience marketing um, really resonates, obviously, with the demand gen team. And um, we're we're Batman and Robin. Um, we we mine that CRM database, and you know we work with the web team to understand you know who's coming to visit, how long do they stay, where are they bouncing out, um, did they find that piece of content useful, did did they not? Um, so that that data, those real time insights, they're actionable, and shouldn't just be looking at it once a week or, God forbid, once a month. It's something you should be looking at hourly um, and you know, daily if you're not doing it hourly, but it, it's your North Star. It guides you. And and that the fact that we can have that information in real time and I don't have to go to an analyst to pull it um, is pretty awesome. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I, love, I love the data and I'm a bit of a data geek. I'm a very data-driven marketer. And, and that strategy um, is evolving and more and more people are buying into the fact that the science is the best way to go. We could have a debate about what piece of content or what headline is going to resonate best. Um, but why have a why have a faith-based discussion when you can have a fact a fact-based one? Um, so we really we really are relying on the data to be um, at the forefront of our strategy and how it guides our future direction. Caitlin, one thing I, I wanted to ask you is that DocuSign has an interesting scenario in that you have small business uh, services, as Adam pointed out a moment ago, and then also, of course, you have services for very large enterprises who want to use DocuSign to reduce costs across the enterprise. So how do you handle that in, in social when you really do have a very, very large array of different audiences? Uh, do you have different messaging, different channels? How do you cover all of those bases, small business, large business? That's a great question, Jay. I, I'd love to say that I have that all figured out, um, but unfortunately, I don't think we're doing a great job in that department. Um, I think for small and mid-sized businesses, they, they have very different pain points and very different problems to solve than the enterprise. And um, realistically, I'd love to see us evolve our social media channel strategy such that we have DocuSign for small business and DocuSign for enterprise um, and, and be um, more focused with our, our audiences and um, make it so that these unique individuals that are obviously you know, one, one person shop or 10 person shop that's using DocuSign in very different ways than how our enterprise customers are using it, um, that they have the channel that they're tuned into and getting content that's just relevant to them. And our one-size-fits-all approach on, on our channels um, just isn't working, which is why it's so important that we use the data and we use the paid uh, advertising to be able to reach the intended audience because we, we do need to be more focused and we do need to be more relevant. But it is an area for us to improve 
um, you know, we do have, you know, for example, for, for the customer care, we do have Ask DocuSign. Um, for the developer audience, we do have at DocuSign API on Twitter. Um, but I just see us growing that channel strategy over the coming months as quickly as we can. But it's, it's constrained also in the sense that we have finite resources, right? It's myself and three other people that report to me. Um, and and to man all of those channels, we, we would need more people. Um, so it is that it is that good old problem of you know you can only expand as quickly as you have people to manage it. So we'll you'll see us grow for sure, and you'll see our channel strategy evolve. You also have a really robust uh, support community. Uh, online and a lot of discussion boards and forums with with customers helping one another. Uh, how long has that been been in place, and, and does that um, prevent your team from having to do as 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 many question answering assignments in social because kind of customers are, are helping one another? We do have a very very robust community, uh, that's for sure, and our support team under Ella Dillon, um, you know. She's just built a rock star team. I have to say that the new, if you haven't seen it, support.docusign.com just rolled out. It got a complete update. Um, but the community forum and the, the articles, the help articles, the videos, um, you know, it, it's, it's been just tremendous to work with Ella and her organization because they're sitting on such a wealth of knowledge. And then there's a new team that, that's, um, emerging and actually starting to blog more on our platform, which is our our customer success architect team. Our CSAs are starting to um, come to me with more uh, blog posts that they'd like to feature um, because they know that it's a better way to jumpstart people. So I think the next the next step is going to be more education. Um, obviously, we have DocuSign University um, and. Um, combined with DocuSign University, the support organization, and um, and the customer success architects, um, you're going to see a lot more training and education rolling out and coming through the social media channels because we want to make sure that people, as they find out about us, they have everything at their fingertips to be successful from day one. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's a big part of it because uh, I suspect in, in almost... 100% of the cases, uh, people who use DocuSign haven't used anything quite like that before. So getting them off to uh, a fast and comfortable start has got to be a huge driver of, of retention and, um, and, and advocacy. So I think that's really smart to try and surround people with that, with that support network. You know who surrounds us with the support network, Adam Brown? I bet it's our advertisers. Our advertisers, who we love so much, 189 episodes into the show. One of our advertisers has the uh, good sense to, to keep Adam Brown in Halloween candy, uh, and that's our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Uh, Adam and his team contributed uh, to a fantastic free ebook that you should be downloading right now as soon as we're done speaking here on this show with Caitlin. It's called Winning at Social, Four Steps to Enhance Your Social Media Strategy. Did you know that 72% of Twitter users expect a response within an hour when expressing a concern. All kinds of other facts, figures, tips, playbooks, ideas in this document. Grab it. Become a top-tier social media performer. Drive interaction across all your channels with Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Get this book, Winning at Social, Four Steps to Enhance Your Social Media Strategy. It is free. Get it at convinceandconvert.com slash 27 
convinceandconvert.com slash the number 27. Also this week, thanks uh, to our friends at Formstack. I use it every single day. In fact, we use it for uh, our, our guest uh, prep show um, details. We use it all the time at Convince and Convert. Uh, Formstack's a great way to build forms, A-B test your forms, all that kind of stuff without talking to your IT guys. Uh, they have a great uh, ebook as well called the Form Conversion Report, which features benchmark data on what makes people actually complete your forms. Um, they've got a secret tip in there that tells you how to increase uh, your form conversion rate by 189%. And that tip is social media related. Check that out. It's the Form Conversion Report from Formstack, convinceandconvert.com slash 30 that's convince and convert.com slash the number 30 uh last this week uh a, a nod to our friends at affinio love 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 what these guys do with data we use it every day on the consulting side at convince and convert where uh, we use the affinio software to do a deep 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 analysis of the social media audiences of our clients and potential clients in fact all guests on the social pros program receive a free report from affinio so we'll be sending uh caitlin a bunch of nifty stuff about docusign here pretty quickly uh, and, and you can find things like click, click, click. Here's all the hashtags that your audiences have shared in the last week. Uh, click, click, click. Here's all the links they've shared. Click, click, click. Here are the celebrities that they care about the most. Some really interesting stuff that you can use to improve your social and your content. Uh, take a look at Affinio. If you haven't done a demo, do it. You're going to like it. Go to convinceandconvert.com slash nine. Convinceandconvert.com slash the number nine. Thanks, as always, to our fantastic sponsors. And I should say, uh, we're coming up towards the end of the year. So if you or your company are interested in sponsoring Social Pros next year, uh, shoot me a note and we'll talk about that. Adam, back to you. Caitlin, as, you, uh, as you've gone through and, and shared so many of your great stories with us uh, during this podcast, I started to remark kind of inside my head how so many of us in this industry are kind of renaissance men and renaissance women in that when we all got started uh, in marketing or communications or advertising, there really wasn't a social uh, media industry. Of course, now there is. So all of us kind of come from a different tapestry of experiences. You mentioned Getty. You mentioned having your own uh, ad sales organization, AntiView, a great consulting firm that I know got acquired by PwC and I was a big user of when I was at, at Dell. With all that broad experience and, and, depth and depth and breadth that you've had, is there any piece or any experience or any job that you've had that has been more important to kind of where you are today leading social at DocuSign? Well, I have to, I have to give a lot of credit um, to Sean O'Driscoll and Jake McKee. Um, it was my job at AntiView that, that really opened my eyes. Um, I, I'm going to share a, a funny story that not many people probably know. But I approached Sean, and after um, consulting with the commercial team for Microsoft on the launch of um, Windows 7, uh, Sean had just left Microsoft, and um, I ran into him over at the Microsoft Studios, and I started chatting with him, and I said, so what are you doing? He's like, oh, I've started this firm, AnsiView, and, and we're really going to help people through this transformation. And I said, oh, that's genius because people really don't understand, you know, what social media is and how it works and how to connect it with the rest of their traditional marketing. And um, he's like, well, you should, you should hit me up on email. We should go get coffee and have a chat sometime. And I went home and I, I talked with my husband 
<clears throat> and I said, oh my gosh, I, I met Sean O'Driscoll. He was the former GM of support at Microsoft, and he's just brilliant. And, and Drew said, well, why don't you go have coffee with him? And I said, I will. And then he asked me, well, what are you going to talk with him about? And I said, I'm going to ask him for a job. He said, you are? And I said, absolutely. I, I'm going to, I'm not only going to just ask him for a job, I'm going to offer the, the holy grail. I'm going to offer to be an intern. And my husband looked at me and said, you've got to be crazy. What? You're going to go intern? How old are you? And, you know, this is in my 30s. And I said, yeah, I'm going to offer to intern because there's, there's no better way for me to learn than to do and to, you know, have the trial and error and, and sit next to these brilliant people that understand it better than anyone else. There, and this is before there were really great books. I mean, there was the Clue Train Manifesto, but, you know, there, there, there wasn't all of this great education at people's fingertips. Um, so my, my big moment was um, I went to coffee with Sean and I said, hey, you know, you are, you're walking the walk, but you are not talking the talk. AntiView doesn't have a Facebook page. Um, AntiView doesn't have a great website. Um, AntiView is not on Twitter. Um, how about I come be an intern for you guys for free? Um, I help set up all of your social media properties, um, and you know, and we hit the ground running together and do some great work. And Sean said, "Well, I'll need to talk to Jake about that." And they they had a chat, and lo and behold, um, I joined. Uh, I joined the team. It was uh, Dustin and um, Sean and Jake and the other Sean, Sean McDonald. Um, so I guess you could say I was the first queen ant on the ant hill, um, and that's that's how um, I, that's how I learned. And that was the big aha moment for me um, that that made the difference. But I was. I was sold. I was absolutely in love with social media. I was completely passionate about it. I was curious. I wanted to figure it out. I wanted to understand it. I could already see that the voice of the customer, which came through service and support, I could see everybody coming to those social channels. So long before marketing really even caught on to the voice of, voice of the customer, you know, there they were in service and support having to deal with it. And I had a very different perspective because I was a marketer first and foremost. Um, I had a very different look at at social, um, and together we did some amazing work for Cisco Systems and um, Avid and Microsoft and Pemco Mutual Insurance, a local great company here. Um, and it was it was a wonderful opportunity, and I can't thank those guys enough. And and to this day, I still see Sean and. I don't get to Austin as much as I'd like to see Jake, but you know, thank God for Facebook because I get to keep up with all the crew, and um, it was just life-changing for me. Wow, what a fantastic, what a fantastic story! And and oh, you, certainly you are you are welcome down here in Austin, Texas. Uh, you know, we we need to get Jay down here, get you down here, and and get all the those those great folks and great pioneers in this industry uh, industry together. Um, any any tips, any advice you'd give to to listeners right now who are kind of maybe in their first social media job and looking to kind of matriculate up? You know the old adage is sometimes you have to move out to move up. Do you subscribe to that, or do you believe that you know, if you have to make a case to your to your boss or your skip level boss or to the chief communications or chief marketing officer, anything that you think has been really helpful for you as you've matriculated and, and into leadership and executive roles there at DocuSign? 
I, I would say that you don't need to move out to move up. I think you need to be very clear about what it is you want to learn and what it is you want to be an expert at. Um, I, I like to say, never stop learning. Um, there's a great quote, Eric Hoffman says, uh, in the times of change, the learners shall inherit the earth while the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. Um, and I, I, I truly think that social media success depends on your commitment to, to execution and agility. And agility is all about being able to try new things and, and test new things. Um, so it, it's wonderful to, to plan the work and work the plan. But pay attention to those things that you don't understand or those things that don't make sense and say, hmm, what is that and why is that? And I need to understand that more. And uh, then you build the business case to your management team that I need to go understand this. And in, in order to understand this, I need to go work the work. I need to I need to have greater exposure. I need to be connected to these people. Um, I need your support. Um, you know, present the business case for what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. Um, and hopefully you have the kind of support that I've had in my career where people have been my cheerleader. Um, they've been my advocate. Um, I've even had mentors who have helped navigate some of those waters that have been difficult where, where you do need consensus and you almost need a, a forum of lobbyists to help you get where you need to go. Um, but, but it all starts around this, this desire, this ever, um, ever you know, curious nature of one wanting to learn more and do more. I love that you have been doing this so long, but you still have enthusiasm for for the industry, right? You, you are not as cynical and bitter as some of the uh, older folks who've been doing social media for a long time. So congratulations to you, Caitlin. I appreciate uh, that you have not lost your passion for the social and for the media. We're going to wrap this up with the two questions that we ask every single guest on the Social Pros podcast. I know as a listener to the show that you know what these questions are. You have prepared. You have consulted the historical database uh, of what has uh, has come before you, so no pressure at all. Question number one, Caitlin Angeloff, head of social media for DocuSign. What one tip would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? Uh, jump in. Go for it. Do it. Don't wait for somebody to tell you. Um, just, just go do it. And, well, you certainly live um, that dream. You're like, hey, I'll intern for nothing, even though I'm not <laughs> in high school or college. So, yes, I think you have uh, you have the historical uh, precedent to be able to offer that advice very much so. Yes. But I, I will say that, you know, getting into social media now is harder than it was back then. Back different then, skills, too. Yeah, it, it's a completely different skill set and it's a completely different time. Social media is in its normalizing phase and as such, you know, now it really truly is integrated with all all functions across the entire company. Yeah. And to be a, a social media pro, you have to go almost backwards from where I was when I started, which was a generalist, um, and, and pick your pick your niche, right? Your niche. Like, I, where do I want to be? Do I want to be particularly good at advocacy? Do I want to be particularly good at influencer marketing? Do I want to be great at blogging? Do I want to be awesome at paid social? Do I want to be a brilliant content, you know, copywriter? Um, you know, what is it that I want to excel at? So I had the luxury of being a generalist and learning all of those 
capabilities along the way and and that's afforded me to be in a in a position where I am now at DocuSign where where I do know um, a great deal about each of those functions but to start out boy to start out you got to start somewhere so pick pick where it is that you are most likely and most curious um, to succeed and, and dive in last question for you if you could do a Skype call with any living person who would it be you know, I had to think about this one, Adam and Jay. Adam Brown's dog costumer is that would be the one I would guess <laughs> at this point, possibly. A dog haberdasher. Um, yeah. A dog haberdasher. Uh, that would be my answer, at least today. There, there are so many thought leaders out there that I that I wanted to say um, in answer to this question, but at the end of the day, it's going to sound cliche, but I would want to Skype with Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything she wrote in her book, Lean In. I think that she's had, you know, uh, tremendous opportunities afforded to her. Um, and I, I want to have a conversation with her about how, how do we help a lot of the women um, who haven't had all of the opportunities that, that both of us have been lucky enough to have in our careers and, and being moms. Um, I, I truly admire the platform she's helping to build for women who want to try and, and become a leader um, and, and make it to the top. I, I certainly hope that we're going to see a female president get into office. I hope that, that you know, we're going to see more women in the C-suite. Um, and, and I would just love to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with Cheryl about um, you know, how she continues to do it each day and um, what advice she would have for me, you know, because I see myself, you know, a 40-something. I'm not going to actually date myself too much here, but in my 40-somethings, I have another 20 years to go until I retire. Um, and and social media is a is a fast-paced world. Can I do this for another 20 years? What what should I be thinking of of what what to do next? Um, so I hope I get to do this at least for the next 10 years. Um, and I have a huge crush on Facebook. I actually turned down an offer from Facebook to go to DocuSign. <laughs> so Cheryl might be mad at me for not taking the job offer, but um, <laughs> I, I did. I did want to. I did want to talk with her um, a bit more about how she sees her role at Facebook evolving and and how they're going to continue to be at the forefront um, of this this mobile shift that has happened. I, I, I laugh yep. when somebody says, well, we're, we're in the middle of a shift. I'm like, no folks, the shift has happened. Yep. And, and a lot of you just need to play catch up. Yeah. yeah they've done an amazing job uh, with, with embracing mobile and, and not just embracing it at the product side, but, but also monetizing it uh, with ad sales. It is, uh, it is remarkable um, how yeah. well they're doing at that. And, and Google is, uh, is falling further and further behind. I'm not ready to count them out yet, but uh, the differences are striking. Caitlin, thanks so much for being on the show. You are fantastic as expected. Uh, I think for the next 20 years, you should just come back on the show uh, once a year. It's uh, up to date. <laughs> you're, you're, you're too kind. Jay. You're, you're, you're Winter is coming. Remember, I don't, I don't know if, um, if you saw my my note, but I actually met you. Yes, at the Marketing Profs event, where where a lot of people met for the first time. That was a that Marketing Profs Digital Marketing Mixer in Scottsdale was a a landmark social media event. We didn't know it at the time, but it turned out to be so. Uh, right. Lots of people met uh, for the first time then, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. Uh, yeah. That was a hell of a yeah. conference. 
Wasn't it, though? I, I'm telling you, it, it feels like it was yesterday, and at the same time, it feels like it was just eons ago. Yeah, the first time I met Amber Naslin, who I wrote a book with, and uh, first time I, I met uh, Scott Monty, uh, I think yeah, probably you as well. First time I met Anne Handley, for yeah. that matter. So, uh, yeah. It, it was, oh, yeah, uh, it was I met Anne there, event. too. Yep, quite an and, event. And I got a ride. Uh, Scott Monty had the Ford Flex brought in, and, and I got to have a ride. I remember that, and I got a ride too, and I actually ended up. I got a ride as well, and I actually ended up buying a flex. Um, so did you really? Uh, I did. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. He and I talk about that all the time. Social works. Yeah, it works. It works. It, it works. works. Oh, yep. God. Yep. So it went from went from Twitter to uh, Twitter to conference to a ride to uh, a car. So a little tough to actually uh, do the attribution modeling on that, uh, but but. It, uh, <laughs> But it definitely does work. It did not show up in a report anywhere, but I can tell you that there is no way in hell I would have ever bought a flex um, without uh, without Twitter, um, ultimately. So there you go. For what it's worth. Caitlin, thanks so much for being on the show. It was fantastic to have you. Uh, next week on the Big Social Pros podcast, Adam and I will be talking to uh, Ricky Cadden, who handles uh, social uh, for Tripcase, which is uh, a mobile application uh, that handles all of your travel details. So you put in your flights and your hotels and your car rentals and everything else, and it organizes it all for you. So it's going to be interesting to talk to him about travel in general, but also about uh, the joys and difficulties of using social to promote a mobile application, which we uh, haven't done too, mo- too often on this show in the 100 and then will be 190 episodes. I'm really excited for that conversation. Uh, All kinds of, a bunch of other good guests uh, that we've got uh, locked down between now and the end of the year. So we will keep bringing the goodness if you keep bringing your ears. We are delighted to have each and every one of you. If you haven't had a chance to review the show on iTunes, we would love for you to do that uh, as well. Uh, On behalf of Mr. Adam Brown from Salesforce, I am Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. And this, my friends, this has been Social Pros. Thanks for tuning in to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Affinio, Sprout Social, Formstack, and Cision, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcasts.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by audio